Hello everyone and welcome. My name is Andrew. And I'm Rachel. And we are Picture Scene Podcast, brought to you by Aura Studios. And we are a true crime podcast aiming to put you, the listener, at the scene of the crime. We bring you a new episode on a weekly basis, mainly focusing on lesser known crimes from the UK and Ireland. However, at times we expand into cases from anywhere in the world and all ones that are well known. Now, as we are a true crime podcast, listener caution is always advised, and today is no exception, so please be aware of this. If you like what you hear, please do follow us on whatever social media platform you prefer, and wherever you listen. And if you have the capability, give us a rating and review as well, because that means the world to us. If you like us that much that you want to support us, you can do so for less than the price of a cup of tea or coffee on Patreon. We currently only have one tier, and that's at £1 a month. So it's very, very low. We release bonus content every month. If you have recently supported us, and you're wondering why I'm not saying thank you, we record these a few weeks in advance to ensure we can bring you better quality and without any breaks. So we will say thanks in the one we record after you sign up. The links to our social medias and Patreon can be found in the show notes or visit patreon.com forward slash scenepod that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash s-c-e-n-e-p-o-d so Rachel I know you like how lengthy terms of conditions uh, over than having to listen to me say that again how have you been what's new in your life oh I was actually gonna not say anything today so uh, the fact that you said it like oopsie uh, yeah, all all is well. Thank you. Um, bit of a work trip last week, wasn't it? So I think we're um, recording an episode behind now, but all all good. Other than that, had a nice trip um, over the pond. Uh, how have you been? I have been great. Thank you very much. Yeah, I've been, I've been sparkling, as some would sparkling, say. Sparkling, yes, as some would say. Mm. I've had lots of time off work, just writing some stuff and watching lots of TV. So. Oh, good. Now, you, you mentioned that we're a little bit behind, but this episode, it's been released on Valentine's Day. Oh. So, I'm not going to ask you my standard question, Rachel. I'm going to give you a choice. Oh. Now, if you're ready for some true crime, tell me and we'll crack on. Or, if you'd prefer a more romantic story, given the day we're releasing on, let me know. Okay, that's throwing me a bit. So, what you're saying is I, you can pick one of two scripts today do you want a true crime or do you want a romance story <laughs> uh, i'm gonna call you a bluff i'll take romance please i don't actually have any romance story um <laughs> so i tell you what let's go let's go for true crime and we'll do romance next valentine's day thank you oh, okay thank you for not answering how i thought you'd answer there so i was just thinking uh how our listener numbers might have fallen <laughs> off a cliff um so, uh, so yeah, as sorry looked, about that. As he looked longingly in, into her eyes, he, <laughs> he, he wondered why he couldn't take the knife out of her back. That type of thing. But um, all right, let me crack on. So, if it's safe for you to do so, I'd like you to relax, close your eyes, and picture the scene. Today, I'm taking us back to the 13th of February, just before midnight to be exact. So less than 30 minutes before the 14th, which is Valentine's Day, and we're in 2022, so almost a year ago exactly, 
Oh, wow. Very recent case for you. Yes. And today we're in Banbury, which is a market town in Oxfordshire, with its location having people living there since around 200 BC, with the first derivative of its name coming in the 6th century. Yeah, it's just over 54,000 people living there, and these days it's got strong associations with motor racing, and in particular Formula One. Now, interestingly, Rachel, it's got one of the lowest unemployment rates in the UK, with it standing at around 1% of its population unemployed. And while it has a few famous people linked to it, it also has the infamous person linked to it, as it's the birthplace of Gary Glitter. Oh dear, like... Oh dear, you've really set the tone really yeah. quite low for this episode then. I'm not going to ask you if you want to be in my gang, but on this day, this evening, a year ago, moments before the day when people would feel lots of strong emotions, either love for the ones they're already in relationships with, hope for some who hope they may be asked a question on the day, or bravery and or longing if people are plucking the courage up to declare their love or simply admiring from afar. No wow, I, could... feel, I feel like you might save up all of your love for Valentine's Day for your poor wife. <laughs> I think I think most people don't put that much emphasis on it, but you've really pictured a uh, quite a romantic scene for February fourteenth your way. Yeah, quite possibly. No, the three hundred and sixty-four days a year, you're just like, ah, oh, whatever. I don't even talk to her. Um, <laughs> I guess I do. People don't. Don't write in anger at me. So no one can argue that at this time of the year, romance doesn't take a higher priority for a lot of people, although you just argue that it doesn't. <laughs> but um, Sorry, guys. Sorry. And on this evening of the 13th, just before the new day was to begin, it was cold. It was around 60 degrees Celsius, which is around 43 degrees Fahrenheit, and there's a strong northerly wind blowing. And it had been raining on and off the whole day of the 13th. But it was currently rain-free. And for those people who become hopeful in February, that winter is on its way out. And the milder weather of spring is getting close. We have a stark reminder that it's still very cold at this time of year. I'd like to introduce you, Rachel, to Keith Green. Now, Keith was 40 years old and he was very much a family man. He had a couple of adult children and adult stepchildren from his first marriage, along with two younger children and his daughter Shelby. One of his grown children had a daughter of her own, so he was a loving granddad as well, along, along with being a loving father. Oh. Now, Keith was in a relationship with Louise Grieve, the mother of his two younger children, who was 38, but the relationship had its rocky moments. Oh dear. Well, for a while they'd broken up because Louise had cheated on him behind his back with another man, Mark Meadows. But they had re- reconciled and got on back together again. Am I going to regret making an R noise for Keith? We'll see. I feel like I might. And just for the purposes that this part needs to be deleted from the recording, I'm not picking my nose, I'm putting my nose piercing back in. Like, do not keep that in the recording. But I'm just conscious that you might have looked at me then and think, what? Is she picking her nose? I wasn't. <laughs> I'm always tempted to keep little things in, but Keith, Keith was, like a lot of us, a man of habits, a person of habits. He was used Creature to. Creature of habits, some might say. Creatures, that's what the word I was looking for. Let me start again. 
<laughs> Thank you. Uh, Keith was, like a lot of us, a creature of habit. And he was used to, of an evening, doing the same routine. Every night he'd have a shower and then a shave. And he'd... <laughs> and a shit. Sorry. <laughs> Once he was clean and he'd freshen himself. Once he was clean, he'd freshen himself up before making himself a cup of tea and walking oh. down and walking down to his garage. Now, okay. unfortunately for Keith, it was that routine, that thing which probably helps him in life, as our routines we do usually help us in life because it gives us some stability. Mm-hmm. It was it was that which meant that within an hour of him getting dressed after after his shower, he would be dead. Oh dear. So after he had been to his garage, he would go home, entering his home from the rear via the back garden. And it was in... What is wrong with you today, Rachel? Sorry. And I, I, I knew before I said that you were going to start laughing. This is going to be some sort of Valentine's Day innuendo special. <laughs> no, it's not. But you were... Entering his home from the rear. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to Keith's family. If you ever listen to this episode too, I will stop laughing now. Crime is not funny. Um, yeah. It was it was in the garden that he was stabbed multiple times and fatally by two men. Now, these two men were Mark Meadows, who was 25, the same one I mentioned earlier, and his 20-year-old half-brother, Travis Gorton. Oh, my God. So let me rewind a little bit to give you the wider picture of what happened leading up to that death. When they were caught, who else was involved, and then how they were caught. So Keith didn't like Mark, which is understandable. So the two of them were not friends, and therefore while they knew of each other, they didn't like each other. And it's well reported that Mark was growing increasingly jealous and angry that Keith was still in a relationship with Louise. So you have to remember here that Keith was unaware that Mark was still seeing Louise. But Mark knew that Louise was still with Keith. Earlier on in the day, Louise had met up with Mark to give him his Valentine's gifts. And she wouldn't be able to see him on Valentine's Day because she lived with Keith. And so she gave him a card. She gave him some boxer shorts, some socks. And some Harry Potter sweets. A very romantic Valentine's Day gift, sir. Yeah. Like, I mean, a little bit of a, I'm stuck and probably on a motorway and can stop by the service station and get some um, shit gifts. And also throw in a pair of boxer shorts that were an unwanted Christmas present for my plus one or something. Possibly, yeah, so. Sorry. In the evening, Mark and his brother Travis were in a pub called The Pepper Pot near Keith and Louisa's home, and they were drinking and spending time with each other. They had driven to the pub in a white van that Mark had for work, because he was an Amazon delivery driver. Oh. So you have to ask, it makes me wonder how he found Keith's house at all. But um, let's, <laughs> let's sidestep that. So let's move forward a little bit. And after his shower and shave... And shit. Co- <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, okay, a cup of tea. Keith was left to go to. His, Keith left to go to his garage. Now, 
I couldn't find out why. But I assume it was to either lock it or to make sure it was okay. But the why is not really important here, Rachel. Well, he might have gone to like have a tinker as well. Some people like to wind down before bed, don't they? And some normal people yeah. put the TV on. Yeah. Some wild that, ones. As soon as we're in that type of conversation, everyone, Rachel is not using tinker as a euphemism for something else. So, oh, I might not use that word again now that I think it could be uh, misconstrued there. So, when Keith left the house that evening, his partner Louise turned off the CCTV that they had in the house that covered, no. the, that, that covered the back garden. You know what? I was gonna say, I wonder when she handed over the Haribo and underpants. If they were concocting a plan to bump Keith off. I was wondering if she conspired. I'm sorry. Go yeah. ahead. And she also, after she turned the CCD off, went outside to unlock the gate in the back garden so that Mark and Travis oh. could access it and get in, into the back garden. After she had done that, she went back inside and at the pub, Mark and Travis got into the van and they drove to Keith and Louisa's home in Howard Road in Banbury. So they entered the back garden and they waited. And like clockwork, Keith returned home. He went into the back garden to go back inside and he was immediately set upon by Mark and Travis. Hang on, what do you mean he returned home? Wasn't he already home? Where else was he having his shower, shit and shave? He went down to the garage. Oh, sorry, you mean he returned home from the garage? I thought you meant he returned home from the pub as well. Sorry. No. No, he was in the garage. So now the pair of them, after they attacked him, They were covered in his blood and they entered the home, Keith's home, and they went into the kitchen as it was the kitchen that led out into the back garden and Mark turned round to Louise and said, it's done, he's dead. So he then went home with Travis. Now within an hour of Keith being killed, armed police were arresting Mark on the suspicion of murder and Travis initially on assisting an offender in the course of a crime. So that's within pretty, an hour? Yeah, within an hour. That's, that's pretty amazing. Quick. So, how do you think, Rachel, the police were so quick in arresting them, given that there was no CCTV there, and it was within an hour of Keith dying? I mean, they might have been watching him for something else already, or been tipped off by someone, like, or maybe... Um, Louise got um, cold feet midway through and actually dubbed dubbed them in. It's awful, though. I I know that we've had a laugh and a joke at Keith's expense in the run-up to this, but how cold and callous, like, coming into the garden, being let in by the other half, lying in wait, and then, like, killing him and just casually walking into his home and saying it's done and just walking off, like... It's just horrible, isn't it? It is horrible. I don't think we've been laughing at Keith. No, no, sorry. So, well, there were a few fatal flaws in their plan, Rachel. Firstly, Mark's sister was neighbours with Keith and Louise, and she had seen him that evening. And secondly, when Mark and Travis went into the kitchen after they had killed Keith, to tell Louise it was done, Keith's youngest son, who was also Louise's son, 
and lived with them was also in the kitchen. So he saw Mark and he knew Mark and he heard him because he he used to refer to him as Marky. So he actually saw him walk in and say, it's Don, he's dead. Oh gosh. His own dad, like hearing like firsthand from the murderer that his dad was dead, that must have been awful. Yeah, it was. And now, as you know, Louise was involved in this. And she would be arrested in the following days as well for murder. So, in fact, both Mark and Travis, Louise, her son, which was Keith's stepson, Callum, who was 21, and a 15-year-old girl, who was never named due to her age, would all be eventually arrested for murder. So how did they get enough evidence to be confident that all five people would be found guilty at trial? Because we... Know full well, Rachel, that the Crown Prosecution Service, or CPS, as most people in the UK know it, they won't even attempt to convict if they don't think they've got clear evidence in their case. Mm. Can you guess how? I'm thinking there was some sort of WhatsApp group, or Snapchat, or something stupidly public that enabled them to collude. Yeah, I think if you're going to kill someone... Say clear of chat snap, eh? But, um, chat snap. <laughs> oh, no, what? I didn't do it again, did I? No, no, you didn't do it again. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, local where, where I live. Um, and I don't know why I start conversations with I'm not going to lie to you because why would I lie? Um, but local to where I live, there was a crime committed, shot Cara, and um, the idiot had a picture of him holding a um, pocket knife and said, I'm just going to go and kill at, and then tagged the fella, who then obviously screenshotted it and sent it to the police. So he was caught and no crime was committed. But what a whopper. He was really high on something at the time, obviously, to even be in a situation where he felt that that was acceptable. But um, I'm just going to stand by the fact that there are idiot criminals out there that would do such a thing. On chat snap. <laughs> yes. So let's start off with Mark and Travis, shall we? So okay. in combination with the son's testimony, which unfortunately probably would never be enough by itself, they also accessed the GPS tracking that was on Mark's work van because he was an Amazon driver. You know, you can track where they go. Of um, course. That's how that criminal got caught in uh, in America for abducting that child um, uh, a couple of months ago. Um he was a, I'm going to say, a UPS delivery di- driver. Um, and, yeah, absolutely, they were able to track and navigate his exact whereabouts. Um, well, yeah, it's the same with Mark because they, they, they showed it, it showed him going to the pub mm. and they showed him driving from the pub to Keith's home before, yeah. just, before, just before he was killed and then driving home after Keith was killed. Yeah, uh, and yeah. So, in addition to that, they also found a knife that was used to stab Keith. Well, one of the knives in the drain that was next to the where the van was parked when they arrested Mark. Now they found a second knife that was used on Keith, hidden in the speaker, which was next to Mark's bed in his home. So both knives had traces of Keith's blood on them. Now they also. Keith's blood was also found on the trainers of both Mark and Travis, and also on Travis's trousers. 
So they really weren't um, forensically like aware. Louise obviously switching off CCTV was it was one layer of you know, I guess common sense uh, in in the process, but there was no no other steps or measures that they took to make sure that they weren't tracked or traced. Hey? Yeah. So, but what about Louise and her son Callum and the fifteen-year-old girl? So that's Mark and Travis sorted. For these three, well, let's start off with a knife that was found in a drain next to Mark's van. Well, that knife was from Louise's kitchen. And Mark had bought it here some six months prior. So the police could link that back to Louise's kitchen. And Hang on, would... Mark had bought Louise a knife? Six months prior. Because, because what had happened is, when I said at the beginning, um, Louise had they'd split up for a yeah. short time and Louise had gone with Mark. Was that, uh, and did and she then, then break up with Mark because he gave her a shit gift? <laughs> Possibly, yeah. <laughs> then when she reconciled with um, with Keith, yeah, but he could, well, uh, what's better, a knife or a packet of high horse? Uh, but, yeah, she's got form, hasn't she? But, um, but so yeah, so they could trace the knife back to her kitchen. And in mm-hmm. addition to that, there was text messages, as always, between the three of them. Louise, her son, and the girl. And they were found, and they showed them planning on how Keith could be killed, along with messages between Mark and Louise that showed the planning of Keith's murder. So there were messages between Louise, her son, and the, the girl, planning yeah. it. And then there were separate messages between Louise and Mark, talking about how they had planned it. And also there was evidence in the phone that they were still in a relationship together. So at trial, all five pled not guilty to murder or manslaughter. Now it was noted during oh, the trial. Hang on. They pled guilt they pled not guilty to even manslaughter. All five. Yes. They had really bad defence attorneys. Wait, it's up to the people. Surely the, the five, two Yeah, but for the two that were like had Keith's blood on their their shoes, they actually committed the the murder. Like the common sense approach would be plead guilty and get a lesser term, reduce sentence, surely. Yeah, I suspect they don't have much common sense. Yeah, but the, that's what the attorney's for, right? Yeah, I guess so. Um, okay, sorry, carry on. No, no, it's fine, I guess so, but I don't know what they were thinking. But yeah, I guess they probably advise them to plead guilty. And that's obviously if someone's telling you, I'm not guilty, I'm not guilty, you can't tell someone. You should be guilty, can you? No, you can't. You definitely can't tell them they should, but you can explain that the evidence mounting up against you is beyond reasonable doubt that you were there, placed with the knife that you also purchased six months earlier. Um, yeah, that's a bit, you know, all, all, all like evidence points towards at least. Um, Mark, but yeah, yeah, I was not part of the judge nor jury nor the defense. So, what can I comment? Yeah, it was noted during the trial, Rachel, that none of the accused showed any remorse whatsoever. And before the first day of the trial, or on the first day before they went in, it was noticed that Mark, Travis, and Louise were joking with each other. Wow. While they waited to go into court and they were taking selfies prior to the case starting. Oh, that's just really tasteless, isn't it? 
A little bit, yeah. So during the trial, Louise would take the stand, stating that her and Mark were just friends, claiming that Keith was the aggressive one, having assaulted Mark previously, and having said that he would seriously injure Mark if he ever saw him, and that they had never planned the murder at all. She tried to explain that the messages found were nothing to do with murder, just messages between friends about Keith. So on the 8th of December last year, Mark and Travis will be found guilty of murder and of having an article with a blade or point, and they received a life sentence. As is expected, because that's the only sentence, as you know, Rachel, you can receive for murder in the UK, and there was a minimum term of 23 years to be served for Mark, and Travis got a minimum term of 70 years. Wow, they they are hefty sentences, hey? And I guess probably like larger because they did try and deny it and showed no remorse. Yeah, they didn't get a discount, did they? Cause even if you... The discount! Well, you do get a discount on your sentence. They're guilty, get one free. Even if you plead guilty on the day of the trial, you get 5% off. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, so, um, you are correct. I am, but... I, uh, Just the way you said it made it yes. out like they were like collecting stamps or something. That's true, yeah. At, so at the trial, the foreman of the jury made a mistake with Travis. And he initially said, not guilty for murder, which which actually led to gasps from the jury because they all had decided he was guilty. And yeah. he he had to quickly correct himself. Now, mm. I couldn't really help but smile at that one, Rachel, because not because he made a mistake, the foreman, but because... Imagine being Travis and you suddenly got that glimmer of hope that you've been found not guilty. Um, and then his world being crushed and being told, oh, no, sorry, that's a mistake. You're actually guilty. And- I, yeah, I couldn't imagine. And would there be any sort of... Um, would there be any sort of ability to challenge that no. mistake? No. No. Um, wow. Yeah. You have to I can imagine. I can imagine the foreman might have a sense of like superiority as well though obviously massively regretting for the initial moment that he's made an error because the rest of the jury's like what the fuck man but then almost a i'm playing god type way of thinking haha gotcha yeah quite possibly and yeah yeah you have to remember he killed a man didn't he so it's okay it's okay for something cruel like that to happen to him, if you ask me. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm, de- I, de- I definitely have no sympathy for Travis. So now Louise's son, Callum, will be found not guilty of both murder and manslaughter. Louise will be found not guilty of murder, but guilty of manslaughter, and given a sentence of eight years in prison. And finally, the 15-year-old girl, who was never named, would be found not guilty of murder, but guilty of manslaughter, and she would be given a community order, so no prison mm-hmm. sentence. That's surprising. Yes. Yeah, because so um, when... I thought when you were found guilty of the crime, you waived your rights to anonymity. No, she was under the age of 18, remember? Yeah. Do you remember we spoke about this on our last episode, actually? Um, and you automatically get the right to anonymity under 18. 
yeah. then, but then remember the open justice rule, uh, the process. So uh, then, if the prosecution asks for it to be waived, then it's up to the defence to say why it shouldn't. Yeah. Yes, I do remember. I'm sorry. And um, yeah, just to probably to explain to everyone out there, in this situation, the the prosecution didn't try and get it waived for her but even if they had have done i doubt it would have been accepted because travis and mark had been named uh, louise had been named so her not being named didn't hinder the reporting of the case yeah okay Uh, so yeah so she didn't get a prison sentence oh she got a community order so when when sentencing the two women the judge explained that they both had a role in the death of Keith, but Louise's was pivotal, but the girl's less so. And then when you combine that with her age and a whole host of other factors, it meant yeah. he, it meant that he felt a prison sentence wasn't appropriate in this situation. After the murder, Keith's daughter Shelby, she bravely filmed an interview talking about her dad's death and what happened on the evening and how it affected her. Now, I'm not going to quote from it because she's been brave enough to film it, Rachel. So what I'm going to do is after the episode gets released, I'm going to pop it up on our social media platforms and everyone can watch the interview in full if they want to. Brilliant. That sounds um, that sounds like a great idea. Yeah, it is good because she talks about um, being in the car afterwards with her little brother and him telling her, about Mark walking into the kitchen and saying it's done, it's dead, and all this stuff. So it's interesting. Um, but Keith's mum also gave a statement, and it was quite a lengthy one, which I'm not going to read in full. But since his death, she said it's been like a dream that she can never wake up from. And she also said this. Keith was a happy-go-lucky sort of chap. He would help anyone and was there for everyone. He was such a genuine person. I loved his children dearly. Keith leaves behind two young children who have to grow up not knowing their dad, as well as his adult children and stepchildren, who are having to come with ter- to terms with his death and face their future without him. Uh, a friend of Keith's would go on to say he had known Keith for about 20 years, and they were like brothers, seeing each other almost every day, and was one of the kindest people you would ever have met. So, what do you think about this one, Rach? Uh, before you give me your answer, I'll probably let you know what I think of this one. Mm. I, think it, I think it really odd because this is a situation where, and Keith's daughter alludes to this in her interview, firstly, if she did, really didn't want to be with Keith, she had the opportunity to not get back with him in the first place when they initially broke up. But she got back with him. And it's not like he wasn't, Keith wasn't, for all I can tell, Keith wasn't aggressive. Keith wasn't abusive. He wasn't like controlling or did any like coercive behaviour. He was just a normal man. So if she really didn't want to be in that relationship, they didn't own the home. It was a council home. They didn't have any assets together. Mm. So she, she, and they had the children, yes, but she could have just left him. I was actually going to ask, like, and did anything come out of trial around, like, why she continued to be with Keith? Was he financially, like, stable? Gave her, like, a certain level of, like, lifestyle that, you know, she thought 
Mark can't give me that, like, you know, I might be with him because he's a bit wild and a bit, like, crazy, clearly. No, no. Um, but but Keith's, like, also gives me a roof over my head and all of that. Was so, like, you know. Well, no, because even when they broke up initially, she stayed in the home. Oh, right, okay, yeah. So that's, it is wild. And I'm, like, you, like, what, that's where my mind went. Like, and as well, why people think the only resolution in a situation like this is to kill him? Like, was yeah. there a life insurance policy? Like, what would have been so bad about her saying, actually, Keith, I'm sorry, I don't want to be with you anymore? Like, why? Why was him dying the only option? Like, and this is where I feel like the accused and the guilty hold such a power play in these situations because the families will never know. And I've just finished watching like a couple of documentaries and I say a couple because I've been away with work. Like I've been able to like watch, download some episodes of some documentaries and and kind of binge watch them. And in every single case, the, um, the accused have pled like not guilty and the, um, the defense have come up with these wild scenarios in which, you know, their um, client is innocent and, you know, there's something else at play, something more sinister, but the jury are found them guilty. And then I've just been left thinking, if you are guilty, why was that your only option to, to kill? Like, and it, it's just, you know, you, if it's your, if it's your family, if, if the crime you're committing is, you know, in the heat of the moment with with a family member, like, fair enough. But these particular crimes that we're talking about, like this case today, it's all premeditated. It's yeah. all pre-arranged. And in those moments running up, like, it just leads me to believe the brain is not wired in, in, a, in a normal way. And I, I say that term loosely because you have so much opportunity to go, this is wrong. You know, my conscience going to get the better of me. We shouldn't be doing this. Exactly. There must be a better way out. And it, yeah. it just really, you know, that's a really sad thing. Keith was a man of routine, just wanted his bloody peaceful night, didn't he? Wanted to go to bed, wake up the next day and, and like, go about his, his day. I mean, it was so bad that, they, I, that he had to die. I imagine he probably had something planned for Valentine's Day for Louise as well. We'll probably, know, like, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, it's heartbreaking. And to have his own child accused as well. There's, I often think with situations like this, there's no smoke without fire, is there? His son must have been involved oh, for some reason. Stepson, sorry, yeah. But somebody that lived with him yeah. in the family home, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's awful. Yeah, it's an odd one. but um, yeah. And then how he must feel in the last moments of his life. I imagine he knew of Mark. Oh yeah, they they yeah. whereas they weren't friends, they knew obviously yeah each other. Um, and yeah, even like after, because how did the priest catch him? Well, a the evidence from uh, the son, but also in the interview again, um, his daughter says that her his sister, Mark's sister, came out yeah. and said, "Like I'm really sorry. I think it was my brother that killed you." Jesus killed your dad and it's just it's it's crazy really isn't it um and that's the that is the 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 key here like 
in in some cases you'll see family fight hell or high water for their protesting their brother sister mother father's you know whatever's innocence but how strong is that woman to come out and say my brother did that to your family exactly same as last week in our last week's episode the biggest thing i took from that was charlie's dad being the one to phone the police up and say hey yeah this was my son that did this yeah i cannot corroborate his whereabouts that night and he he is the man on that cctv you know by all accounts absolutely and yeah last week he gave his son ample opportunity as well to come forward first didn't he yeah he did yeah so i'm just going to wrap this one up then rachel so this has been season two episode 16 called love or hate and for one last time if it's safe to do so and like all of you to relax close your eyes and picture the scene so you're happy you're in a relationship with a person you love no it's not perfect but when when is life perfect it's valentine's day coming up and you start to wonder what your partner has in store for you what their plans are the question i have to ask you is can you ever be sure? So, thank you all. And until next time, we shall see you next week. Happy Valentine's Day, guys. Happy Valentine's Day, yes. Mm-hmm.